Old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Black and Abdallah. On Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. Abdallah weeknight, 6 day, right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Abdallah has the night off. I'm here to hang out with you, talk Bears, talk NFL football here on ESPN 1000. If you want to call the show, you can call us at 312-332-3776. You know, Ryan Poles met the media yesterday and there was something that caught my ear that I didn't get to last night on the show that I wanted to get to tonight because it, I, I think in the full context of the season, when looking back at what we saw throughout this year and trying to take little pieces to, to hope to, to grow into something more when we get to next year, because next year it's going to matter. No matter how big, how large this rebuild is, no matter how bad they are, the roster sucks, no matter what you think about this team, uh, next year they're going to have to start winning games. It's not going to be acceptable to continue to just be in some games, to be close, and to lose at the end. At a certain point, rebuilds have to start to stick. It's the NFL. You don't get forever to rebuild and to reshape and to mold. And when you have a young quarterback in Justin Fields who will be entering his third season, you're going to have to start winning some games because... Unfortunately, just the the fact of the matter is that he's going to have a new contract on the table in the next year and a half or so, right? Like that's how it's going to work. And at that point, I would imagine if he improves like he is to this point, he's going to demand top dollar. And that's just how the NFL works. Every quarterback that comes up for contract, that quarterback becomes the, the highest paid quarterback in NFL history. And it happens each and every time when we go from a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes to Justin Herbert to Kyler Murray to when Aaron Rodgers signed his deal. Every quarterback that comes up for for fresh paper, that guy becomes the highest paid quarterback in the NFL just based on the way the salary cap works and based on the way the the league has grown. And, And each quarterback is worthy of that amount of money because of how important the position is. And, and then at that point, because you're spending so much money on your quarterback, the rest of your team better be set because the quarterback better be good enough to, to make up for the lack of talent you're able to spend on when you have a quarterback on their rookie deal, right? Like, like it's basic NFL in 2023. We've seen it all over the place. Uh, you have teams with great quarterbacks with 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 some faults around uh, different parts of the team, and then you have teams that are built up with defense, special teams, and that young quarterback trying to win on that rookie deal. And right now, the Bears are in that that window where they may have the quarterback. Unfortunately, they don't have the roster, and like that's where the comparisons to Philly kind of drop off the table. Obviously, what Philly did to piece around Jalen Hurts has allowed them to be so successful this season to get the bye in the NFC heading into the playoffs this weekend. But Philly's offensive line was good, and their defense was really good in the last few years. Thus, when they got to this point with Jalen Hurts, it was a little easier to kind of hit go and to say, okay, we're trying to win. And last year they made the playoffs. 
500 team. They lose in the first round with a quarterback with a lot of questions around them. But now the Bears are going to be entering a situation where their timeline doesn't quite match up with what we see with Philly, what we've seen with Miami, with Tua. And that's where the Bears are going to have to take every little piece, every bright spot, and hope that these players that they have from this year turn out and they're impactful. And that's where I get to what Ryan Poles said yesterday. He was speaking at Hallis Hall, end of the season press conference. Ryan Poles was asked the question, can he identify any blue chippers on the roster that can be part of a championship core team here in Chicago? This is what Ryan Poles, GM of the Bears, said yesterday. Yeah, I mean, the one that stands out to me this year, I was just proud of, and I spent time with him talking about it. But I thought Cole did a really good job. I thought he elevated his game from the film that I watched last year to what it was this year. Um, so that's exciting. Um, that's, I mean, that's one that comes to mind right now. Okay, so that's what Ryan Poles says. Cole Komet, tight end, from Notre Dame in year three. I'm going to agree. And, and the reason why this stuck out to me is if you've been listening to Black and Abdallah all football season, even into the summer, we discussed the players that we needed to see more from heading into this year. And give credit to Cole Komet. Because Cole Komet this year, I think, showed us that he's worthy to be a stellar tight end for this offense in the future. Can he develop more? Yeah, he absolutely can. But a couple of things I thought that stood out from Komet, in year three, he played 17 games. He had 50 receptions, 544 yards, seven touchdowns. In years one and two for Komet, he played 33 games. He had two total touchdowns. Now, the, the passing yards and the receptions need to go up for Komet. He has room to improve, to be an elite tight end, to be a real game changer at the next level. But I do think he and Justin Fields found something. The two of them this year, I thought it was a pretty nice connection. And I want to give credit to Komet because at the start of the season, I singled him out asking, will he be a player to be a part of this future going forward? Will he be someone that can develop? He was someone that I named as a player that needed to prove something this season. And he did. And I don't just want to uh, call players out and not remember what I said about it, but I was the one putting the challenge out there. And in hindsight, Cole Komet rised to the challenge. He improved this year. And I agree with Ryan Poles. He is someone that I would consider he, he's, he's turning into a blue chip tight end that the Bears can use for a long time. And that's why I wanted to uh, point that out, because I heard that yesterday from Ryan Poles speaking to the media at Hallis Hall, and I didn't get to it last night, but really, the, the whole basis of this offense to succeed, Justin Fields needs more weapons. And that's why I think the most important thing the Bears do in this offseason is getting Justin Fields a number one wide receiver, whether it be through the draft, a trade, free agency. I would imagine free agency is not going to be the case. The guys who are available just are not number one wide receivers. In the draft, in the top 10, you can certainly get that. Uh, that, that is something that other teams has, have done. And then you could also trade. I would imagine that's the most far-fetched idea, is that somehow the, the Bears pull off a trade for Devontae Adams, or uh, they pull off a trade for some other disgruntled wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, those are names who, are, who have been floated out there this week. Uh, because Bears' conversation and Bears' world has turned into a 24-hour 
uh, draft trade simulator conversation. And so everyone's throwing every, every player around the National Football League into possible trades for the Bears in the number one pick. But I'll say this. In the quest of finding that number one guy, that wide receiver for Justin Fields, I do think credit should be given to Cole Komet into developing. Because sometimes having a little patience and allowing a player to develop is worthwhile. It's notable. And, and I feel like sometimes we make a decision on a player and we say, well, he, he's just terrible. I'll look at myself. I don't think Valus Jones Jr. is going to work. Now, he had a couple of plays towards the end of the season, a nice reception, uh, a jet sweep for a touchdown. But I think to this point, what we've seen throughout the course of the season, I don't think Valus Jones Jr. is a game changer. With that said... I gave Cole Komet the time to develop. Now, we could get into the whole age discrepancy because Bayless Jones is entering the NFL at a different age than Cole Komet entered. But I I do think from what we've seen from Cole Komet is he's shown us enough that he can develop and be a little bit more, be something else for Justin Fields, a player that he can rely on, a player that as we head into the future, it's not necessarily something we have to worry about is finding a tight end, a sure-handed tight end in the red zone for our quarterback. And yeah, is he a fully developed stud uh, tight end? No, I, I think uh, even Cole Komet probably recognizes that he could he could be better. I mean, watching the game against the Vikings, he dropped the pass that he could have had a lot of green grass in front of him to run, and he's, he looked over at the sidelines like, I knew I should have had that one. Like, he, he seems like he's a player that cares. And sometimes that's half the battle. But I just wanted to give credit to Cole Komet. I thought he had a really nice year, year three for Komet. Seven touchdowns compared to the two that he had in the first two seasons in a Bears uniform. Now, the Bears are going to need to put a lot around Justin Fields, and they have that number one pick. And I'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. What do you think the Bears should do at number one? There's still more conversation today uh, throughout the national media and here locally about the Bears possibly trading the pick taking the pick and some even suggesting you trade Justin Fields and then using the draft capital to kind of build your team that way. I'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. We're talking bears here on Black and Abdallah. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Instagram at Adam Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. Abdallah. Abdallah has the night off. I'm taking your calls. Chris Bluck with you. 312-332-3776. We're talking Bears football here on ESPN 1000. And Tony in Chicago, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tony? Good. How you doing? What's up, Tony? What's going on, man? Well, I'm doing pretty good. I was just talking about the, uh, what I think the best to do with the number one pick. Yeah, what do you think? Um, I think they should trade it. They should definitely trade it. Um, I'll think of Seattle. Get the number five pick from Seattle. Get their later pick in the first round too, as well. Sure, because uh, we typically see like the wide receivers they typically drop down sometimes. 
um, and later around you can get a stud receiver then, and I think they could still get a top lineman, defensive lineman at the number five pick because you got Detroit trying to get a quarterback. Definitely want to see, you know, Texans are going to try to get a quarterback. The Colts are trying to get a quarterback. And even the Raiders, they might try to move up too as well. So I think we could still get something solid. Uh, I think Jalen Carter may drop. I don't think he's going to be a top three pick because watching the uh, BCS championship game, he talked about how he was tired against Ohio State. Yeah. So that might be a red flag for a lot of teams. Yeah, and that's going to be the thing that people point out with Jalen Carter is in some big spots, he he looked like he was uh, tired or a little slow, but he, he's a beast of a player. Uh, really yeah. good. Yeah, thanks for the call, Tony. And, and so when you look at the top of the board, the Bears obviously at one, Houston two. Uh, Arizona three, Indianapolis four, number five, like Tony was saying, Seattle. Seattle also has the 20th pick um, based on how the playoffs are structured at the moment. That can change based on teams winning uh, here in the different playoff situations, right? So uh, you have Seattle at 20, you have Seattle at five. Could they trade those picks for the Bears at number one? I'm not sure. Uh, Seattle could be in a situation where if they win a playoff game or two, they may say Geno Smith will be our guy going forward, and we don't have to move uh, draft picks, valuable draft picks, based on uh, where uh, we don't have to move valuable draft picks in the first round to go get our quarterback when we have a quarterback who's winning games for us now. And and I get it. We all want to play the game. Do you have your your face of the franchise quarterback? Do you have your your top five quarterback? And if you don't, everyone should be looking for a quarterback. But sometimes being successful and being pretty good is is more than enough, right? Like there are instances where it's okay to just be good and not have to worry about it. You know, another team that's probably going to be looking for a quarterback, Carolina at nine. Sam Darnold played well for the final three weeks of the season, but he's not their guy for the future. We go to Quinn in Downers Grove. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Quinn? Hi, Chris. Um, so I'm thinking about what the Bears should do with their number one pick. Yeah. And I'm thinking they should. And I'm thinking they should trade it to for, to the Colts for maybe if we can get Michael Pittman out of it and their um fourth because we need some defense and we need some wide receivers to surround Justin Fields. And so if we can't get Michael Pittman out of that, there's a number one wide receiver, and then we can still probably get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Jr. because Houston and the Colts both need a quarterback, so they're going to take the two quarterbacks. And then Arizona could take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and then we will have Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. I love it. So, Quinn, if it was up to you, you're sitting at four, and you get to pick, who would you take, Carter or Anderson? I'll probably take Will Anderson. Why is that? I feel like you'd be good on the attack because we lost Roquan Smith and uh, and Robert Quinn, so we kind of need some more pressure. Pretty good. Good stuff, Quinn. Thanks for the phone call. No problem. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. There you go, Quinn, with some really good thoughts. And, and I agree. If If you look at where the Bears sit, the most obvious team to make a trade with would be the Colts. The Colts have already publicly said they're going to do whatever they can to get a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, so you already know that they need, they're they desperate, right? And then they have players like Quinn was mentioning. They have a wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, I'd be all, all about it. I'm a USC fan. The guy was a stud at SC. 
He's been good for for the Colts as well. Uh, I I think that uh, they have players that perhaps could be enticing. They also have draft picks could be enticing. I could see that situation. And the question is, can Ryan Poles play the fact that everyone in the league knows that the Colts are desperate to convince someone else to jump over the Colts and to maybe give the Bears more, right? Like, if it's this early in the game and the Colts are already this desperate to land a quarterback, like, what will happen by the time we get to the NFL draft, right? Like, a lot's going to change by the time we get to that point. And when we get there... Is that going to be uh, the time where the Bears can then play teams against each other? Like, think about it this way. The NFL draft isn't until Thursday, April 27th. It's January 11. April the 27th is the, the first night of the draft. So we have a long time before we get to that point. Tom and Lyle, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom? Uh, hey, Chris. A lot, a lot of the draft talk seems to be predicated on the assumption that Houston wants to get a quarterback. And I guess I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate and say Davis Mills had a far superior year than, uh, than, um, than Justin. So, I mean, are, are we just assuming they want a quarterback or is, is, is it possible Davis Mills is their quarterback? You know, I think the thing with Davis Mills is that he was benched. Like, he was healthy and benched at one point this season for Kyle Allen, and I think that's where they don't think he's the guy for the future. He was pretty good last year, no doubt about it. He threw this year 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Um, Yeah, I don't think he's the guy. So I would imagine that the Houston Texans are going to try and find that quarterback because, you know, ideally these teams that are sitting in the top five, like, no one's planning – like the, the structure of their football team by saying, you know what, we'll get someone else this year because we'll be a bottom five team next year. This is not baseball. There's no Houston Astros tanking. There's no Cubs tanking for most, multiple years to then jump back up eventually for a championship. That's not how it works in the NFL. Look at the teams in the playoffs this year. Seattle, Jacksonville, New York Giants, None of these teams were expected to be good. Boom, they're there. So you know that there's going to be teams that were bad this season that will make the playoffs next year. I would imagine just off of like thinking about it right now in the moment, I would imagine the Cardinals will be a team in contention for that next year. Like they were a disaster this year, but we all thought that they were going to be a much better team talent-wise and with a change of head coach with a team that was expected to be uh, with the talent level that they have, couldn't you see the Cardinals immediately being back to at least 500 or a little bit better? I could. That's just kind of how the NFL works. I also could definitely see the Detroit Lions, everyone's sweetheart team, uh, just being kind of average next year. I mean, at the, end of the, at the end of the day, they still have Jared Goff as their quarterback. So, like, they, I think they have a ceiling where they were a fun team this year, 9-8. and eight. A lot of people didn't expect that, and they went on that win streak towards the end of the season. But that's how the NFL is. You don't get years and years and years to build. Uh, you, you hit the bottom of the pool, and then you bounce right back up. CJ and Braidwood, you're on ESPN 1000, Talking Bears. What's up, CJ? 
So first off, I want to go back to your Cole Komet. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I believe he is somebody to watch. With everything he's done this year, we all have to remember that he spent probably 75% of his plays blocking to help our horrendous offensive line. So my draft, what I would do is trade for as many draft picks as we can because the draft is so unreliable. You can pick first and get Jamarcus Russell and look how that turns out. So you want quantity over quality at this point and you use all that hundred and what nine million dollars for our um key salary cap. You I get think a it's hundred and twenty. I think they have hundred and twenty million dollars. They have even more than you thought. Okay, so it's hundred and twenty. Use that and get some quality veterans that are not so much at the end of their career, but and I don't even care if they lead the locker room. I want a guy that can teach some of these young guys. We had 15 rookies this year when we started the season. If we use that and work with some of the rookies with some veterans, let them start. Let them show these young cats what they got to do. You're building over, but you have to get an offensive line. We need so much. The only thing that I'd say we don't need is receivers. You've got a two and a three. If you can pick up a number one in free agency, you can use Claypool and you can use Mooney as a two and three. You've got a tight end that we've all agreed is probably going to be the next best thing. We've got a running back, whether we can save Montgomery or not. We have, uh, uh, I'm brain farting right now. Herbert? Herbert, Khalil Herbert. He's going to be a stud as well if he can stay healthy. We need an offensive line. If we get an offensive line, our offense is okay. And then you work on the defensive line because we need a pass rush. And then you work back through it. But if you have 15 rookies this year and say you get another five next year because we draft in quantity, not quality, and use that money that we have that we just cleared by getting rid of all of our stars – to get veterans that can teach them how to become veterans. We don't want guys that play through the rookie contract and are never seen again or cut before. If you can get guys to teach them how to be fundamentally sound in the NFL and become a well-rounded team, well-rounded wins better than all-stars. Yeah, and and I think um, I think Ryan Poles addressed that. And thanks for the call, CJ. I think I think he addressed that yesterday. Like, what can you accomplish this off season? You have all the cap space. You have the number one draft pick. What can you really accomplish? This is what Poles said yesterday. Yeah, um, I don't know if I can answer that specifically, but I can tell you that we have flexibility. We have, we have flexibility um, where if there's opportunities where we can, you know turn that into a lot of players that come in to help us we can do that if it's if it's staying put or, or you know really f- being selective with certain people uh, we can do that as well so I know my expectation our expectation is that we move the needle to be more successful we can win some of these close games and, and bring in guys that can impact this football team right so what Ryan Poles is saying there is he's aware uh, like what CJ is suggesting that just because you have all the cap space in the world doesn't mean you have to go blow it on two players. You you could basically play in this situation where you're you're picking and choosing guys who you hope will turn into a little bit something more instead of overpaying for veteran free agents that when they get here a year or two later, 
they become, quote, busts because you paid them so much money and they'll never live up to what they were as a player going forward because they're they're past their prime or whatever the case may be, where Ryan Poles needs to be smart and the guys that he's bringing in hopefully have some high-end potential where you're you're spending your money, but you're also bringing in guys where maybe when we look in hindsight two years down the road, we say, you know, Poles had all that money that, that uh, offseason, but think about all the bargain deals he had. All the guys he was able to add to this roster, to add to the depth, where this team immediately became a better football team, but it wasn't because they signed the one superstar on the market. It was because they made six, seven, eight different moves, and all of those players contributed to what this team is doing. Black and Abdallah, we're taking your calls. We're talking Bears. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah are back on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Michael Winfield talking Bears. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. What's up, Michael? Hey, what's going on, guys? So I, I have my own little theory. Everybody has their own. So what I would do if I were the Bears is I would trade my pick to the Colts for DeForest Buckner, their first-round pick, their second-round pick, and maybe a second-round pick next year. Okay. Then you take that pick, you draft Quinton Johnson, because the Bears need a, a number one at least. They need way more than that because Claypool is a question mark. Mooney, who knows if he's going to have a speed or how his foot's going to be. You know, and it's like St. Brown, he's okay, but, like, we have all these maybes, like Pringle, well, I maybe. I think Mooney will be so, fine. I hope so. I love Mooney. But, so, you take that, and then in the free agency, the free agency is defensive heavy. So, you sign Deron Payne. You go after guys like Javon Hargrave or, you know, there's like three or four different defensive ends, a couple linebackers. Pair that up with Jack Sanborn, and the defense is now set. Because... I personally, I I don't I don't want uh, Jalen Carter. I don't. I mean, you saw what happened. Why is, why is that? When, whenever the Bears have a defensive tackle that's a big run stopper, and then they get tired and they go to the sideline, we get ran all over. So why would you spend your first round draft pick on a guy who's proven in the big games of college? He's tired. He yeah, can't be out there. Did you watch the other? 12 games, the other 11 games Carter played this season for Georgia? No, I mean, I get it. He's a beast, but like... I mean, they also have the worst rush defense in the league. Well, that's why I would say go out and get like a Deron Payne, and then you could pair him up. There's there's a few other defensive tackles out there that would would go well with Deron Payne, which would stop the middle. I I think your first-round pick whoever it may be, he needs to be a playmaker that is going to be on the field making more plays. And to me, that's Quentin Johnson. I think he's Calvin Johnson-esque, you know, a big dude who's going to be the, the target in the end zone or burn you down the field with his 4-4 speed. He's 6'5", 225, like 4-4 speed. That's a guy I would go after with the fourth overall pick. You trade back. You try and get to Forrest Buckner signed Ron Payne and, and a few other people in, in the free agency. And now we got stuff to work with. And now the draft could be focused on, 
you know, maybe a receiver, maybe some offensive linemen. You know, maybe you could take some shots at some linebackers, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Michael, I, I think you do uh, make a good point with the wide receiver situation. I think when you move back, uh, I, I think that's where you can land a wide receiver at a position where where it's okay. Taking a wide receiver number one, that's not going to work because Calvin Johnson is not in, in this draft. Larry Fitzgerald, not in this draft. So it, when you're taking the wide receiver at a top three position, those guys have to be almost automatic Hall of Fame guys who could be legendary players for your team. I don't think that that's the case, but I think there are some number ones that are going to be in this year's draft. Quinton Johnston, as you mentioned from TCU, uh, he didn't have a great championship game, but he was good against Michigan, and he's had a really nice season. 60 receptions, six touchdowns, uh, and the size, 6'4", 215. Uh, he's definitely the type of player that would be beneficial for Justin Fields in this offense. I also think that if you do move back in the top 10 and you collect more assets, you could maybe uh, look at, at Johnston there, or you could look at someone like Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. He was the transfer from Pitt from last year. He had 59 receptions, eight touchdowns for the Trojans last year. Here, The difference, though, they're two different body types. Uh, Addison is more slender, uh, route runner, six foot, 175, quick, fast. There's a lot of wide receivers who are number ones in the league right now that are not the uh, bigger body type. So maybe it's Jordan Addison. Right now I'm seeing some mock drafts have him kind of around the middle portion of the first round. But I do think you will have an opportunity to select a number one wide receiver. I just would not take that guy with the number one pick. I wouldn't even take him with the number four pick. I do think if you have an opportunity to move back a couple of times, if you could maybe trade with the Colts and then trade again back to, say, uh, seven, that might be a prime spot to take a wide receiver. Uh, Seven, eight, nine. I I think you're going to get your guy in those spots if you're able to move back to that that point in the first round and that would also mean that the bears are collecting a lot more assets if you're able to move back twice maybe you're getting an additional second an additional third additional maybe first round pick that would be beneficial for for the job ryan poles has in front of him of rebuilding this roster jason crown point you're on espn 1000 what's up jason hey guys i want fields to be the man i do i'm hoping he is but 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 when you look at his throwing motion, you know Jim Furyk, the golfer, he yes. reminds me of his backswing. Like no, it doesn't. Come on now. Arc. Yeah, he does like this arc where it's taken longer for him to get rid of the ball. <laughs> you know, and after two years, nobody's picked up on this. I can't be the only one. Jason, your TV's broken, my man. Oh man, he he takes the ball down and then up and throws it like it, it looks like my three year old trying to throw the football. Really? You know, are we it, watching it, the same thing? I'm not saying he's not accurate or he doesn't have a strong arm, but his throwing motion after two years, I'm telling you, watch it in slow motion. Watch what he does with his right arm. This this arc he does that it just makes me nervous that maybe. And you know, getting rid of the ball is a big deal in this league. Jason, what you type of uh, what type of television do you have over there? Well, you know, I mean, I got an eighty-five inch. You know, do you have to do you have to get up and and punch the channels on the side of the TV? <laughs> <laughs> Remember that from back in the day? Fix the antenna. Watch yeah. his throwing. You got a fuzzy uh, view there. 
I, I'm just saying he's got this weird art. It reminds me of Jim Furyk every time I see him. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a fair observation. Jason, next time I break down some Justin Fields tape, I'll look for the Furic motion. Do it. Do it. Thanks, boys. Th- thanks for the call, Jason. Jake and Barrington, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jake? How's it going, Chris? Uh, first of all, that guy's got three-year-olds that throws like Justin Fields. Get him in the league. Holy cow. Yeah, right? Um, but <laughs> I just want to give a couple names out there. What I think the Bears need to do with their, with their pick this year is they need to obviously gather as many assets as possible. But I think the big thing is to go two for one on big hitters. And I think that's whatever it is possible with a trade or a trade for a player, uh, two for one, you need a defense and you need a wide receiver. I've called a couple times before saying about wide receivers. Um, I'm a big Smith and Jigba guy this year, but some names like people aren't thinking about. Brandon Ayuk is coming up on a contract soon. He, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying trade back for your first pick for him, but somewhere in the draft, Brandon Ayuk would be interesting. Uh, what is Tampa going to do with their quarterback situation? Not Mike Evans, but I'm thinking Chris Godwin possibly. And on the defensive side, as much as people want Devontae Adams, Aaron Stray back to the Raiders, go for Max Crosby. That guy is a stud. And then someone like Montez Sweat from the, from the Commanders. Those are guys I'm looking for to go two for one uh, with those picks and still be able to draft an asset early like Miles Murphy or Will Anderson, or even another receiver like JSN. Uh, but that's what I got to think. A few names to, to think about with guys on teams that are possibly quarterback needy and could be could be moved. Yeah, and those, those are good names, Jake. And I, I would say uh, those receiver names are definitely going to come up. And then also we're going to get the trade suggestions with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. That I don't think that's going to go away. I, I think there, there could be some uh, smoke there. I, I think that that would make a lot of sense. Uh, but that would also uh, go against what I said like 10 minutes ago where the Cardinals could be a team. You get the right head coach in there. They could flip it and go right back to being a competitive team fighting for the playoffs, trying to win a championship. They have the quarterback. I'm not super sold on Kyler like I was a couple of years ago, but they they do have a quarterback. And when you pick that high in the draft, it's unlikely that that team is going to be bad for a long time because heading into the season, we expected the Cardinals to be better. New new coach, you have the quarterback, you have a star wide receiver who missed a big portion of the season. I could see the Cardinals rebounding, but also if they decide to tear it all down, that would be an interesting name for the Chicago Bears. Vince and Roselle, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Vince? Hey, what's going on, Black, and Happy New Year to you guys. Happy New Year, man. What's up? Hey. Um, so I, I think what the Bears should do is um, they, they should definitely trade down um, and look at Will Anderson. And I don't think they should draft a wide receiver in the first round just because I don't think there's anyone worth that first-round pick. And second, if you look at the great teams in the NFL, they typically don't draft wide receivers in the first round. They typically find them third, fourth round and, and sign veteran wide receivers. Um, so that, that's just my view, view and take on it. Now, what would have been interesting, this hypothetical situation, if Caleb Williams was in this draft, what would you do? Just a hypothetical question. I would still take Justin Fields, but I did hear Sean Payton call him generational. Yeah. And he's the same guy who, who called um, Mahomes as the greatest prospect he's ever seen. So bottom line, Bears. Draft the pass rusher, Will, William, Will Anderson, first round. Don't trade too far down. 
and then fortify your um, defensive line and wide receiver skill positions later on. Yeah, and that, that's an interesting point, uh, Vince. Thanks for the phone call. I, I'd say with Caleb Williams, being a, a USC fan, watching every single game this season, I also watched him when he was at Oklahoma last year. I want to see it one more time. I know that there were some uh, reports and rumors that people who have been scouting Caleb this last season for USC, like the moment after the, the Pac-12 championship game, as they head to the the Heisman Trophy presentation, I know some of the conversation was like scouts are saying that this is this is the best prospect since Mahomes. Like they, he is Patrick Mahomes like. I just want to see it another year. I'm not saying that he can't be that, but sometimes he like bailed from the pocket way too early, um, which is a benefit, right? Like we we've seen the ability to run, which breaks a defense. But also, it breaks the player. That's how quarterback is, right? Like, the more you run, the more likely you are to get hurt. And we've seen that with Justin Fields. So, like, if the question was, who would you rather have for the future? Justin Fields, who I think is is starting to prove that he can be a, a good NFL quarterback or an unknown, I think I would still go with Justin Fields. Although it's interesting. Heisman Trophy winner, going back for another season. I'd like to see what Caleb does. I would also caution everyone with the idea that when a quarterback goes back for another year after being super successful, sometimes the bubble bursts and then we realize that maybe they weren't as good as we thought they were. The name that comes up to my mind as a USC fan, the name would be Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley early in his career was like on the projections to be a top first round quarterback, top 10 guy. By the time he was finished at USC, he was like a career backup type of guy. Like the teams that were interested were teams that already had quarterbacks. So I I, I think uh, Caleb Williams will be interesting to see. I'm excited to watch him as a USC fan. Uh, they got to fix the defense if they want to play in meaning, meaningful games next year uh, and make the college football playoff because uh, the way their defense ended the season was embarrassing. And Alex Grinch will be back, the defensive coordinator. Lincoln Riley announced that yesterday. They got to fix the defense. They have a lot of uh, transfer portal guys who are joining the team, some recruits. They've been there for a year now. Uh, It should be good for USC. We're taking your Bears calls at 312-332-3776. And a very good song of the night coming up next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. You know, sometimes with the song of the night, every night around 6.50, I would get protest here and there. Sometimes people are not happy with the selections. I think you'll be happy with the song selected tonight. We'll have the song of the night coming up in just a moment right here on ESPN 1000. Roger in Hammond, Indiana. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Roger? Hey, how are you guys doing this evening? We're good, what man. What I wanted to bring up, I have a name. I'll get to get to it in it, but you know, nobody has really brought up yet, and I just find it you know funny, but... The, the way they were talking about is with Hugh, uh, 
Indy wanting the number one pick, mm-hmm. it, it, trading the number one pick to Indy, getting their first round picks, and another guy brought up earlier about getting maybe getting Pittman with uh, with it, which I think would probably be a good idea. Trading Justin Fields to Houston, getting their number one pick, maybe trading it back, and then possibly selecting Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. So you're sitting with the number one pick. You're going to trade away your quarterback. You're going to trade back, and then you're going to select a guy who tore his ACL? Well, Tom Brady tore his ACL in his like fourth or I want to say his fourth or fifth year. You can come back from a torn ACL. It's been proven to time. Well, again, what are you going to do in the meantime? You're saying well, Hendon Hooker will be ready going, to go for training going, camp? Are the, Bears, are the Bears going anywhere in the next two years? And then you're going to have to give Fields big money to, okay, a chance in his fifth year and all that, where you can be like what the one guy said to restart the clock on it and then possibly get, you know, get an offensive line. Restart the clock. You're you're restarting the clock with a guy who's injured. Well, Fields is injured. Fields is injured too. I got a feeling he does not have a torn ACL. Nope. Not not a torn ACL. but He's he's having shoulders. Nope. He's fine. He would have played if Sunday's game was meaningful. He would have played. He basically said that on Monday. He was trying to be nice to the reporters. He, He. It's like he can't lie. It's hilarious. He wants to play so badly. I'm just concerned that he, he he's getting beaten the daylights out of the last two years, and it's just I'm just worried about continuously being beaten down if he's going to be able to even come back from it. So your answer is Hendon Hooker. Are you a Tennessee fan? No, I am not. I actually teams I do not. Uh, Tennessee is one of them I got a dislike to them when they had Peyton Manning. Oh, oh yeah, he's he's a little smug, and he's not very funny, right? Well, no, it was much as when you're going down to Pigeon Forge when he was playing down there, and it's, everyone blocked, was blocking the streets singing uh, Rocky Top. It drives you nuts uh, after Good old Rocky Top. <laughs> Rocky Top, Tennessee. I'm with you, Roger. Okay, then. You guys have a good night. All right, Roger, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, I, I don't think Hendon Hooker is the answer in trading away Justin Fields. Uh, that, that, that's the way to win. Uh, unfortunately, I think the path that Roger just laid out there will put the Bears in a perpetual cycle of always sucking. It just He said he didn't want to <laughs> restart the clock, but I think if Roger was the GM, we would be in this world where all the bears could do is win three games for the rest of eternity and i am not subscribing to that it's time for the song of the night I wanna rock. hey turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for what dial there's there's no dial on my phone yeah it's just an exp- ah, never mind. crank the volume because it's time for black and abdallah's song of the night yo later tonight's song Ring of Fire. It's your song of the night. Love is a burning thing. And it makes a fiery ring. Bound by wild desire. 
I fell into a ring of fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire. The ring of fire. So, Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire, it's his song of the night tonight. As Carmen Carcino in the Twitch chat says, I feel like Adam would protest this song. Well, maybe he would, but I would overrule it. That's what I would say. I was like, no, we're going to the man in black. Uh, here's why this song is the song of the night tonight. In 1964, Billboard published its first country and western albums chart. And this was number one on the first Billboard chart for country and western albums. Ring of Fire by Johnny Cash. You know, this song peaked at 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 back in the day. And I have some nerd notes for you in, in regards to the song of the night. We've only featured one Johnny Cash song before. Uh, so this is the second song here on the Song of the Night. We featured Folsom Prison Blues. And that was back last year on January the 13th, almost to the day a year ago. We had Johnny Cash as a part of the Song of the Night. Uh, also, one other fun fact, since we're learning about different things here in the Song of the Night. Uh, since 2004, apparently the Calgary Flames have used this song as their victory song after every win in the NHL. So there you go. Ring of Fire, Johnny Cash, your song of the night. And it burns, burns, burns. The Ring of Fire, the Ring of Fire. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire, the ring of fire, the ring of fire. The ring of fire. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Also, I was reading that apparently with the ex-wives of Johnny Cash, there's some uh, debate and arguing over what the burning desire of the Ring of Fire is about. But this is a family program, so we won't go there tonight. Think about it. We'll be back in two minutes. Black and Abdallah, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. 